Hey everybody, Mark Ahrensberg here with The Pure Now Show. This is episode number 20. My guest today is Michal Misinski. Michal hails from Warsaw, Poland. He is an award-winning art director and film director who's worked on such projects as the award-winning film The Martian, as well as working with clients like Nike, BMW, Audi, and Toyota. Here we go. Hey, Michal. How you doing, man? Hey, hey, I'm good. You? I'm excellent. Much appreciate you coming on the Pure Now Show, giving us some of your time. We're excited to have you on and talk to you about your creative goings on. Uh, Thank you for the invitation. It's it's a pleasure to be along that kind of people that you already have. So it's it's, a pleasure is mine. Cheers, man. So tell me, what are you up to today? What's going on today for you? Actually, you know, I have like a interview then i have like a pre ppm for for another project it's just like a commercial and then you know daily stuff i'm gonna check what's going on with juice and the the other things that we are doing right now so this is what i usually do i'm about to write another treatment so it's, it's been busy well that's good right i mean that's the best problem is trying to figure out how to take care of it instead of looking for it yeah the thing is that i'm still learning how to do it but i'd like to keep the balance between the work and life because back in the day when i was much younger i usually spent 10 12 11 16 hours per day working now i'm trying to minimize that till you know eight or ten families matter of course are important but, you know, every time when I saying to my wife that I don't have anything to do, which means that I don't have any projects, anything like I'm losing projects due to the fact that there are like many directors pitching for one. Nowadays, apparently, I got six and ten next day. So it's, it's crazy. Well, that's the be careful what you wish for scenario. Yes, exactly. You know, feast or famine, either either you're doing nothing or you're way over your head. Yeah, And exactly. that's just life, right? That's Murphy's Law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Murphy's Law. Especially that, you know, yeah, be careful what you are wishing for. Too. Well, yes, because it, it, it makes life dynamic. It's all about the up and down. Exactly. Nobody wants a flat line. We want to be challenged in our day to day and know that it's not Groundhog Day where the same thing is happening every day. You want this uh, contrast. Exactly. And so that's the be careful of what you wish for. It's our industry. It's very specific in that matter. I don't know any other that drives you from one corner to another. It's just, you don't have like a straight plan. Everything goes, you know, like a sinusoida. It's just like, you know, I don't know how to say it even though, but everything which is behind you, uh, it's it's unknown. It's really hard to plan it. It's a beauty of, the, of, the, of yeah. it. It's a beauty of creative work. You never know. Right. Where are you now? Where are we talking to you? I'm in Warsaw right now. And you? I'm in Saigon, Vietnam. We are literally worlds apart in the same world. Wow. I've never been there. We do have like an office in Shanghai uh, and Tokyo. So I got used to you know work with the York time zone. And what's the situation there in Warsaw as far as COVID and the shift in, in working differently because of that? How has that affected you? A year ago when uh, there was like a huge breakout of the, of the COVID, the first one, and there was the first lockdown. So I lost all the projects and it was, you know, it was scary because we didn't know what will happen. And that was the, the only thing that hit me. I, I was supposed to shoot the commercial in South Africa and I'm doing this, but I'm doing this remote. They have changed from me being there to, to remote due to the new type of coronavirus. But people are becoming more sure and, you know, more convinced to to shoot remote. Because I remember that in 2018, 2017, the people are not that secure to do it. And I remember the situation when I flew to Tokyo for one day for the PPM only. 
So I spent there literally 10 hours because the client wants to see me in person. So it was pretty challenging. And I remember that my body, after a few rounds of back and forth, flying to Tokyo, flying to Shanghai, flying to Beijing, most was collapsed. Now everything has changed and they are like using Zoom, they are using Teams and we can work together. So it's not, it's not affecting the creativity. This is the lesson that, we, that, that we've learned so far based on the, on the current pandemic situation which I'm very grateful because I have like more time to spend with my family and, you know, my friends. Did you grow up in Warsaw? No, no, I grew up in a small town near to Wrocław where the Jews has headquartered. So it's like 100 kilometers away. It's close to the mountains, so pretty small town. What was it like growing up and how did you end up on this creative path? Yeah, I was born in a city where it's, there, there was like back in the days, there was no sign of design on anything. There was no schools. My first contract was to develop the website, but it was challenging for me because I didn't know the Photoshop back then. I didn't know anything about that. And I remember I just signed a contract. I was 17, so it was crazy. I signed the contract and I just started learning everything. And it was 15 years ago. And then I learned Photoshop. I jumped into the into the music industry. I've been doing the covers. I've been doing the websites. I've been doing everything for the for the musicians back in the day. And that's uh, how I met my partner. But back in the day, he was my boss, the guy who started Juice, the founder Adam, and he hired me when I was. 18 years old, you need someone who's gonna make all those crappy shit for back in the days, which means that the banners, like a landing page, newsletters, translations. So I've been doing this for like forever. And we formed Juice. So I, there was like three people in 2006. And uh, and yeah, and we, we, we've been doing websites, we've been doing illustrations. We've been more like a digital agency. And you know, slowly uh, we turn our pivot to the motion design. Because, uh, you know, I, I do know After Effects very well. Uh, so I also learned to Photoshop, I learned designing concepts, that kind of stuff. So I thought, okay, it would be nice to make the static picture in motion. And this is how I, you know, how I understood how beauty animation is and how, you know, endless possibilities this gives me and how this opens my mind. And yeah, I remember there was like a transformation. We stopped doing the uh, websites and we were, we, were, we were constantly growing. In 2016, there was like three of us. Then there was like 10. Now we have almost 100 people. I'm the guy who's, uh, who's now in the partner at Juice. So uh, I became a partner 10 years ago. And probably my perspective is different than the other one, but I, I spent the whole life at Juice. I've been designing, I've been art directing, I, I was the team leader. I'm doing every single thing uh, in, the, in the pipeline steps. So I know how to do this stuff. And this leads me to become a director because few years ago i realized that like me being as, as an art director is the same as director because i've been doing the treatments for them i've been like working on the creative concepts and i thought that like it's, it's a really tiny line that i can cross so there's not that much difference between being a director and a director if you have like a vision if you have like a you know artistic umbrella and yeah all those things that prompts me as a person who's like right now kind of creative director and director with like a lot of experience if in post-production and animation. What's a good thing about about myself is that and what I like is that every time I have a vision, I can, you know, draw it, I can, I can design it. So I can, you know, put this on paper and the picture.
that represents my vision. And I know this helps a lot. And I would imagine that makes you a very strong design director because you know how to do everything. So you know what to look for even mm -hmm. in supporting your staff, your designers and artists. It helps that you know what they're doing so you can be more in line with them mm -hmm. and nurture them to produce the kind of, you know, super top level work that your showreel demonstrates. Yeah. To me, like language, also the visual language, it's like English. It's like, you know, you need to have something to visualize your vision. And I think that uh, having the skill that helps you out to express yourself without the words is something which really helps me out. And you're a visual storyteller. I mean, the whole idea is for you to convey information without words, seemingly, and have an impact and deliver that message which is nuance. Mm. And, and that takes a real skill to deliver something without outwardly saying it. Mm. And your reel really demonstrates that you have this super high level of execution and ability to deliver that. And that's what the clients want. They want to be able to communicate without having to over-verbalize everything. And this is kind of the evolution of human beings, is to be able to say things without saying them. And the less okay. said, sometimes the more powerful it is. Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for, for the kind word about Mario. Yeah, and you are right. I completely follow that lead that sometimes the, the picture itself should represent all the, the story. I don't want to say that having the dialogues are not important. Of course they are, but you know, sometimes the people are using this in a way that it's not clear for the viewer. But if you have like a strong vision, it really helps you out to, to sell the message, which is very important to the client, as you said. A picture is worth a thousand words. So you can take advantage of this, that people are pretty visually oriented and that they're becoming more used to seeing stories roll out visually versus being told what to see or being told mm -hmm. what to think. It offers more opportunity for that individual perception to take something away from it that's more personalized instead of, again, being told what they should think about something. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're listening to The Pure Now Show, a creative podcast for creatives presented by Balance. Based on my experience uh, and the project that I've been pitching for, they are very specific, which in one hand, it's really good because I can be a part of something which is not typical. But in the other hand, there are like very limited projects that I can pitch for. Because first of all, the, it, it, what's, what's really hard for me, and it was really hard from the very beginning, is that, you know, imagine that I have to shoot something uh, over the blue screen and I'm the only one who's completely understand the vision. And it's really hard sometimes to describe that, which means that the people who hire me, they really have to trust me. Because even though I'm talking to the DOP, I'm talking to my first ID, I'm talking to the creative, the client, they all have a different vision than I have. Because it's, it's not possible to match the vision. That's why my ability to paint it over and you know to design this world and show them that this will look like that is helping me out. But it's also very challenging for all of us to understand and be on the same page. Because I've been shooting a lot and most of my projects are like mixed media. So I'm doing the live action with very complicated CGI. I think what you're talking about leads into something interesting, which is client management and project management. And it may be the most complicated aspect of this industry that we're in is not so much the creation part, is really just the management of the process and making sure that expectations are met, timelines are adhered to, and people are generally happy with the process. What I'd like to hear from you first is, 
without necessarily having to mention any names, give me an idea of a project that may have just not gone well at all. And you may have learned something on the other side of it about yourself, about how to work with people in a different way, but sometimes this business can be a nightmare and I'm sure you're fully aware of that. Yeah, I am. I'm lucky enough that every time that I'm in a situation where the client is not happy, I'm so powerful to convince them that it will be good at the, 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 the very end. I don't know how and why, maybe because of my appearance, but I've been facing this kind of trouble many times, which means that the client asks me if we are going great, and I'm saying, yeah, we are going great, but I know that we don't. And I don't want to scare up the client, and I don't want to stress them out, uh, but in the other hand, I know that they have, that I have like 15 people that are working on it, and I know that we are like behind the schedule, or like we are not gonna meet the deadline. Based on my experience, I, I, I know how to how to judge it pretty soon, pretty fast. But you know, this is the way that we need to communicate with the client, be always transparent. I had the attitude that we are facing the client and we are saying, yeah, we are good, we're gonna meet it, we're gonna meet the deadline. Which means that my teams at Juice, we work 24 hours per day, which is not an option anymore. And what I really love is to be transparent with the client, with the agency, is tell them that, because this will make our life easier. I learned that a few years ago, I was doing the project for Toyota, and I remember that I flew to Tokyo to present that to the management of Toyota. And I remember that it was the delivery day, and we all meet in the conference room. And I have literally half of the video done. The other half was not touched yet. And that was the situation that teach me to not be in this ideally island where everything's going very well. It's better to inform the client that we are in trouble, we need more time, we overestimated. There was like many situations that could go wrong and it's better to be transparent and honest. And it was like, yeah, as I said, four years ago or five years ago, I don't remember uh, exactly, but it was it was something that learned me a lot to, to being transparent. And I'm using this every day. If I feel that we are going to the different deadline or towards the different goals, then I'm keeping informing the client. And also, this is very important that even though we are working on a project that they are visually stunning, visually complex, sometimes the clients expect something completely different. Most of my projects are based on the CGI, right? So we have to design the world, we have to put this together. And it's hard to plan everything from a scratch sometimes. I mean, the visual language could change along with the, with the whole process. And this is the most scary thing in terms of the budget, in terms of the timing. All right, so on the flip side, you've given me a really good little story about why the truth will set us free. And it is true, even with my clients, you know, if you tell them you're gonna be late, if you tell them you're having challenges, it's much easier to navigate around that than not being transparent, yeah. lying, and then have to come back with a bunch of other lies on top of that and never getting back to square one. So yes, the truth is a good strategy for sure. Now yeah. give me an example of a really amazing project that you've had that really exceeded your expectations and was just an over-the-top joyful experience. You know, there are like many of those, uh, but I can tell you the one that leads me to the place where I am right now. And I've learned a lot because back in the days in 2014, I had a huge pleasure to work with Ash Torp, a bunch of very talented people from around the world. Imagine that the, I was like 24, I guess, and Ash Torp invited me to help him out 
to work on the Ghost in the Shell project. It was homage to Ghost in the Shell, the very kind of non-commercial project that there are like 10 or 15 people from around the world working on this for free just because we love Ghost in the Shell. And to me, there was like, I was the guy from Wrocław from a pretty small town, maybe not small, but like still the guy from Poland who joined the international team to work on something which is very international. And that was the first international project along those kind of superstars back in the day. Ashtor, Kuchara, you know, all those kind of very famous concept artists and designers, directors. And I remember I was so little back then. My experience was so little and my knowledge was so little and I learned so much uh working with them uh that leads me to to the place where i am right now and all those knowledge that ash gave me back in the days in one hand he teach me that the guy who's who has 25 or 23 years old working on that uh with this kind of international team it also means that we need to deal with a lot of egos because people are working to be more famous, to be more recognizable. And from this bench of people, there was only one guy from Poland who does not know what the ego means back then. And I remember that we were like struggling because we were doing this within our spare time every time. I remember that I spent six months working on it, I don't know, five or six hours every day after work. And we've, we've designed almost 25 or 26 concepts you can, you can probably find it on the Ashtorp website still. And dealing with the artists that they are super, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to go with this kind of ego experience, but to me, that was the project that I've learned so much. And I'm so grateful because uh, the, the, the relationship with Ashtorp leads me to, to work on the Martian movie that he used to be a director. Because I've been doing this for free and he was so grateful that I helped him out. Because honestly, I did a lot. I made all those pictures almost done by myself. So it was like, I, I did a lot and we become a friends back in the day. And as I said, it was non-commercial project. So I spent six months working six hours per day to develop that and design that. And this leads me to a few years after that, after we launched the Ghost in the Shell, it was like huge success. We were like on the, the Verge, we were like on the Hollywood Reporter. The, everyone mentioned that we've been doing this forever and it was very grateful. I become more recognizable person because I remember that the moment when he posted the whole project online, now from this kind of, you know, uh, not recognizable person, I become the, the part of the international team. So it also changed my credibility. And also after a few years, he paid me back because back in the day, Ridley Scott was filming the Martian movie. And 3AM, the agency from LA, came up with the idea to develop the short movie that's gonna tell the story what's behind the Martian movie, which, which was the part of the whole campaign. So I remember that Ash called me and asked me if I want to be our, our director for the Ridley Scott project. So. Uh, I said, yes, of course, I would build up the team at Juice. And this is an example of be careful what you are wishing for. Because I remember that we say yes to, to this one. And it was pretty, 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 pretty huge. And we signed the contract. We, we got it. Ash was, he was a director, I think, for that one. Uh, it was starring Daniel deGrasse, which is super star. And due to the fact that we are working on the Martian, we should use the same assets that Framestore and NPC were using for the feature film. And I remember that the frame store sent us a Hermes, which is the spaceship model, which was about 75 gigabytes of data. And we didn't even have a computer that could open this model. 
back then. So we signed a contract that we're gonna make, I don't know, it was 55 or or something shots with this asset and we can't open this. And that was for me, like the moment when I said, okay, I'm not sure that we're gonna make it due to the fact that, the, you know, the visual part is, is pretty easy because we have a vision, but in the other hand, you also have like technical part, which, which we are just not ready for. But, you know, we took a risk and this leads us to, to finish this. And also for me, I've been doing the, the ghost in the shell when I learned a lot about how to deal with ego, how to deal with these international superstars. I also learned how to deal with the biggest client because the, the main client was the 24th century in Martian. So also it was something which was completely new for me. I used to be like a you know, designer and we've been doing the commercial for the Polish market back in the days or like for the beer in Romania. And apparently we just, you know, finished the Martian movie. Those are three projects that teach me a lot. The first is the ghost with Ash. The, the, the second one is the Martian. And the third one is the BBC Winter Olympic that we've been doing for in 2014. We got BAFTA for that, which was really cool. And I remember we were doing this with the Polish director, Komek Baginski. And back in the day, Juice has like 10, 15 people only. So we all doing everything. There was like the situation where there was no pipeline behind that. We've been doing concepts, we've been doing compositing, we've been doing ethics, we've been doing every single person doing everything. And I remember that I just got a picture of BAFTA and I didn't know what it is. I thought that the Tomek is on the really great party. And she sent me the picture of the statue. I didn't know that the BAFTA is, is there and we just got it. So this is also something which changed me in a way. Also, in terms of the ego, this is really important for the other people in the industry that if you work on the ghost in the shell, if you work on the Martian, if you work on something with just good BAFTA, you think that you will always work on that kind of project. And you have to be humble that in one hand you are doing on the very prestigious project, the project that leads you to, to be more recognizable person. But you always have to remember that there is the other side of the industry that you really need to work on the project that makes you money. And right. I remember that that was, for me, pretty challenging. Because this is, again, ego thing that I thought that I don't have it, but I do. And this is really strong to deal with. It's also the part of the industry, right? Because we are working with artists, so you have to be very careful. And the people are, in our industry are very sensitive. And I am also very sensitive. And I learn a lot how to deal with it. Because it could be very depressing if you are not dealing this in the right way. If you know what I mean. You're listening to The Pure Now Show, a creative podcast for creatives presented by Balance. For sure. I mean, this is like any good actor. I mean, there's been actors that have been in Academy Award winning performances and then they're doing KFC commercials because they need mm -hmm. to eat. So, yeah, it's like we talked about in the very beginning. It's feast or famine. It doesn't matter how good you are. Uh, even when you've proven yourself, there's going to be lean times or times when you know, those premier clients are not looking for you, but you still mm. have to pay your staff and stay in business and uh, not take it personally, which is the hardest yeah. thing in the world to do is not take life personally. I read the four agreements. I, I wrestle with keeping my ego in check every day, but we're human beings and we're flawed. And uh, that's the yeah. life's challenge is keeping that ego in check, man. And this is the real school, man. This is the education is keeping ourselves in check, not learning about history or math or anything. Exactly. It's about learning how to be us, the best version of us. 
And that's working on it every single day because there's opportunities every day for us to look back and see what kind of work we need to do on ourselves. Yeah, yeah definition of ego is just why I'm better than you. And you, you need to really keep yourself in a position that you don't think that you are the best because this is going to kill you. This is not the way that we will survive. It's more about humility. Humility, uh, that's why they say the meek shall inherit the earth, turn the other cheek. All these things are a little bit more passive, non-aggressive. And that way you can just kind of flow with the river instead of trying to swim against the current and drown. You know, the whole idea is just be uh, cool with everything. Exercise your equanimity and uh, life is easier. How do you balance? Because your life is big professionally and you have a family, right? How do you make it work? Even though there's no separation, how do you keep everybody happy, including yourself, most importantly? It was really tough on the very first years in this industry, because as I said, I spent like a lot. The BBC project that we've been doing in 2014, I remember that I've spent Christmas there. I mean, we've been doing like crazy and it was very scary when I when we realized how this affected our life. And what I'm trying to do and trying to respect my time. I've tried to plan everything as much as possible. I don't want to spend much time of like sitting and not doing the, the stuff that they are not pushing me forward. I also uh, learned how can we split the job between the other one. How we can share the responsibility. I'm not freaking out if someone has a different vision or someone has something different to say than, than I am. This relieved me from this kind of person who's trying to control everything. And this is also the thing that we've done at Juice. We, we structurized ourselves. Because I remember a few years ago, there was only Adam, who's actually right now, he's a CEO. He's leading everything, like literally everything, from buying the groceries to dealing with the contracts. And it was like a few years ago. And we decided it's not the way that we're going to work. It's not the way that we're going to spend our lives. We are not going to work over hours every day. We need to split it. So we build a structure that works pretty cool uh, right now. So I have my responsibilities right now. He has his own responsibilities. We do have like a structure of leads. We do have like a structure of producers. And all those things are helping us out to running the company. And I also copy and paste the structure to my private career, which means the directing. I'm trying to split as much as I can, which means that I'm not forcing myself to design everything uh, by myself. I'm not forcing myself to uh, write every single treatment that I'm pitching for. I have a, like a team who's behind me because what I realize is that being a director and connecting the dots, I have a vision. I'm going to lead the team, but I'm not the one who knows everything the best. And this is what I learned based on the ghost in the shell thing, the Martian, that without the team, you're you're no one. You really have to build a team which is behind you because this team push you to be, uh, where are you right now? And every time that I just got the treatment, right, I got the pitch, I have someone who helped me out to write it down. I have someone who's gonna collect the references uh, with me. I'm not doing this by myself. And I think being a team player, is the goal to not you know work over hours and keep the balance between life and work to share it share your knowledge share your experience trust and believe in people that working with you and to be in this place you need to spend a few years in this industry you need to know how this works because i remember when i was younger i thought everything that i'm doing i can do by myself which is true but it takes me two or three times more than than working along with that with a great team 
And this is how we are working at Juice. We are trying to help each other if they are like in trouble, if they are like in swamped and overwhelmed. This is the lesson that Juice teach me, actually, because we are like a bunch of people. Back in the days, it was more like a family because we are like 15, 20. Now we are a big bigger, but the, the, the rules and the DNA is still the same. So uh, we are not forcing anyone to work over hours. We are trying to help out. If I see that someone's working over hours, I'm always going to ask him, OK, do you need help? Even though it's not my part of the cake, I can produce the, the stuff for someone if he's swamped. I don't have a problem with that. I'm not saying that it's OK, it's not my job. I'm not going to touch it not the way that we're going to work. And this is my rules to keep the balance. Of course, sometimes there are days or projects that I have to work longer. I have to do something after hours. But it's not that often as it was back in the days. Well, it sounds like it's more about self-care, mindfulness, detaching from a destructive ego. And uh, two heads are better than one. Of course, there's, you know, seven billion of us on the planet I think maybe this is part of our evolution too, is that we're beginning to understand that we do better together than apart or independently. We get more value. We get more everything out of the experience, essentially. And I think a lot of companies are starting to understand that to empower others to have this mutual support and get a better product out of it and happier people doing their job. Yeah. You've had a lot of experience in a pretty short span. So what would you tell a young person coming up in the business now, even a person who's been established based on your experience, ways to navigate, have more success, feel better, just enjoy the job of being a creative and hopefully avoiding all the pitfalls associated with not knowing. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give people to help them have a better experience. What I can say about my experience is that I'm not the guy who, who's graduated any school. Uh, and I always believe that everything that I have, I can learn by myself. And I'm not even sure that there is any good school in this industry that's gonna teach you everything that you should know. I don't want to sound cheesy, but even though I look at myself, I can say that I never dreamed that I'm gonna work for the Ridley Scott, The Martian. I've never dreamed that I'm gonna make a Ghost in the Shell movie. And I've never dreamed that we're gonna get BAFTA or we're gonna work on the project that was awarded on this kind of competition. So you have to believe in your dreams. And it sounds so cheesy, but it's a crucial to develop yourself in a way that's gonna make you happy. And I'm very grateful that I met that kind of people on my journey, starting from the owner, which is Adam, who trusted in me. I was. 18 years old guy who joined the Jews, the company of free people. And after 15 years, we have like, as I said, 100 people. So there are two things to sum up. First is believe in yourself and never be shy because everything that I've achieved was due to the fact that I wasn't shy. I tried to, you know, ask the people. The, the reason that I know Ashtorf is not that he found me in, in Wrocław, in Poland. I've sent him an email, that guy, you are doing the really great stuff, you know, share the knowledge, tell me how to do it. I'm still young, I really need to know. And in the other hand, I reached the guy who actually tried to help me and he invited me to the Ghost in the Shell project. And this leads me to the next one, next one, next one on my list. So don't be shy, always believe in yourself. And sometimes this industry is pretty shitty. And this is all about the ego. Don't overescalate yourself, be humble. You know, in one hand, you can do the project that's going to get BAFTA, but in the other hand, you have to work on the milk commercial, which is not normal, natural process. Of course, you're not going to put the milk commercial in your in your show. 
oh, maybe it would be so cool that you're going to do it. But what's also very important to me and what we are trying to do at Juice for many years is balance between the good projects and the project that's actually paying our bills. You always have to remember that if you or your team are working on something which will be very successful, in the other hand, you have a team who's working on the project that's paying the bills for the project which is successful. Because every single project that we've been doing for uh, being more recognizable, which is the, you know very famous kind of projects that are very, very nice, their budgets are not that great. And this is something right. that you have to remember. In the other hand, you have to pay the bills. So we have to respect the other work as well. We really appreciate that you took some time out to talk to us about your creative journey. And thanks again. Thank you so much for inviting me. If you enjoyed the Pure Now show, you can check out more episodes at balancestudio.tv or anywhere fine podcasts are broadcast. Pure Now is produced and engineered by Hai Ha Dang and directed by Dong Wun Guan. Thanks so much for watching.